This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. We're back. Welcome back to Up the Rabbit Hole with Dr. Corey Hrushka, sex therapist, and Brandy Enns here. Hello, hello. So today's topic is parents and partners. So we're going to be exploring kind of how parents and our partners might not necessarily always get along or kind of some of the nuances within that. Do we want to start off with the joke of the day? Oh, please do. Yes. I actually sent you some good ones. Okay. And like I said, we're, we're, I want to open this up to our listeners to be able to kind of, if you have any good old jokes, you know, I mean, I guess we're okay with some new ones too, because I'm starting off with all the ones that I remember as a young child, so they could be dated. And I know some of them are totally not suitable for me putting on these. So I'm keeping them to the ones that I can actually kind of say um, <laughs> without getting in too much trouble. <laughs> and so, okay, I, I, I got again two two nice short ones for today. Okay. Again, back when I was probably too young to, to probably hear about these, um, but I did. Uh, so, hey, what do you do if your partner starts smoking during sex? Uh, good question. I don't know. Make sure to slow down and use some lubricant. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know how you remember all these. They're so good. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I had some cues. So I was like, I forgot a bunch. And as I was going through, just looking around, I was like, oh, okay. Now I remember these. They're starting to come back to me because they've been kind of locked way in my depths of my recesses of my mind so uh the other one that i just i just i just found recently which i, I it's it's worth mentioning just because it gave me a giggle it's like and it's like so how does a woman scare a gynecologist oh gracious i don't know by becoming a ventriloquist <laughs> oh, that's to so giggle on that one that's so. always something you can't un unenvision <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness those are good i like those so let's get on to some questions then from our audience. Awesome. We've got some really great ones today, as a matter of fact. The first one that we have is, I'm dating this guy who is three years younger, and my parents are refusing me to date him because they personally don't like him. But if he treats me right and does what a boyfriend should do, there shouldn't be a problem. They should give it a chance, right? My, my first question is, I need to know, how old are you? If you're a 15 year old dating an 18 year old, you know, legally, we're going to have some fun. And I can see why your parents aren't going to be in support of that. Right? You know, if you're an 18 year old and a 21 year old, you know, that's a very different dynamic. So again, that's my first question is, we want to understand kind of the age dynamics due to legalities, and so that no one gets into trouble, and or making sure that there's no inappropriate power dynamics. Uh, going on there. Absolutely. And then I, I would really be wondering what's, if, if it is age appropriate, what are the issues that the parents are having? So ultimately, yeah, we want to, you know, what, what can we talk and ask the parents about to find out what's going on and what are their perceptions and what are their belief systems around it and what, what's causing those issues? Cause they might have some good validity to it. 
or they might not. And we won't know until we kind of get those questions out and then be, you know, from those questions and answers, then we can kind of explore and expand on it. Absolutely. It also could be a, a cultural issue. Culture, it, there could be some warning signs that they don't know. I mean, it's like, there's so many different things when you, when we look at that. It really yeah. comes down to more information. But if he is treating you right, then then I want you to be able to, you know, stand up and at least ask those questions for a good clarification, understanding, because that's that's an awesome learning experience to know what's going on, what's running through your parents' eyes, and then check it to see if it's valid or not would be the second step, right? Oh, absolutely. It also is a like a communication builder with parents, right? And it could lead to um, increased communication, more trust, more ability to just talk to one another. So there's a lot of positives that could come out of that. And if there is some things that they need you to do to kind of verify that trust or those issues, then it gives you some direction on how to address if it's age appropriate. Yep, absolutely. So lots of possibilities on this one, which could be absolutely very interesting to look at. Awesome. Yep. Uh, question two, uh, my boyfriend is 40. I am 21. My mother does not approve of the age difference. What should I do? So th- I think the most delightful thing is that when you become an adult, which here in Alberta is technically 18, you kind of get to make your own choices because you are officially an adult and there's little that your mom could legally do, but you have to make those choices yourself, whether it ends up to be the best choice of your life or one that you look at afterwards and go, well, that wasn't my best choice, but I learned from this. You are now an adult and you get to kind of go with what you think is in your best interest at the time. Uh, but th- they're going to have to kind of explore then is now family pressure because now should you you be in that, be prepared for some family pressure from mom and how's that going to impact any of those family gatherings or what's going on forward? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if you look at just the the age differences, I mean, right now it might seem fabulous because you're, you're dating this older man and he may be probably more financially you know sad and academically or professionally sad a little more cultured I'm gonna guesstimate right so that can be really super appealing however if we think about that 20 years down the road now you're 40 and your significant other is 60 that's a whole different ball game right so at 40 sometimes we're still really raring to go and wanting to do things and maybe the 60 does not want to do the same things i'm not saying that he doesn't but it really changes things as you get older i have personal friends in this whole in this situation right now she's you know she's 50 and he's in almost in his 80s and he does not want to do what she wants to do and it makes it a little bit more difficult because that age difference has really come into play you bet. And I think the other thing is, I mean, so that's that long-term planning and, you know, things might not be the same later on, but you still might have a good relationship. The relationship might not last after that. Those are some options. But I, I think I, I also want to talk about things to watch out for is power dynamics. Although, you know, you're 21 and, and, and they're 40, you know, there's a higher potential of power issues um, going on. And so, that's where that potential for abuse can occur or manipulation because they have those resources, they have that power and it's fun and possibly, you know, it's more, you get all these new wonderful experiences, which is, you know, different dating than a 21 year old because just the financial and the, they, you know, I'm assuming they have own house, all these perks come along with it, but also then what are the costs if there are any of them, depending on what that's, what they're like. Right. That's right. Yep. And then age cohort two is another one that I talk about, which is, 
you know, the different interests, different styles, different levels of maturity. And so, you know, depending on how long this relationship has been going on, it may work out just fine. It is a large age group difference. And I usually will find that a lot of them will have just kind of different interests, different views, different philosophies, and those can really conflict within the relationship. Yes, because let's call a spade a spade. I know what I was doing at 21 and I was having a lot of fun out partying and now in my 40s. That's just not where I want to be and what I want to do. I'm not saying everyone is like that, but you know, that, that is a big difference and just lifestyle and what you're looking for. I mean, again, choice as an adult, but what, what is the dynamic that the relationship is going around? What is that dynamic look like? Is it safe? Is, is it consensual? So definitely more info on that question, but hopefully that kind of talks about some possible, you know, possibilities for this person to take a look at and consider. Awesome. Yeah. So second question that we have, my wife is very upset and offended by comments made by my family. She's very upset at me because I don't get offended by them. How can I convey that not every comment made is disrespectful and that she's being oversensitive? How can I make her feel I'm on her side, even though we feel different? Ooh, there's a fine balance there. Very much so. Because again, in this case, I call it like there's two sides of the coin um, because you have two different sides competing and you have to decide which side you're going to take if they're actually not, not aligned and who are you going to support or challenge, right? You know, technically they might not be wrong because there could be differences in perception. I kind of laugh when I was growing up, (laughs) some of the family, like it was kind of interesting. Some of the family nicknames that were given to not only either me and, or, you know, let's say my parents' friends would be totally inappropriate, you know, not suitable for work, but it was consensual. And they didn't like, it was, it was kind of playfully taken as a, as a joke. It was, you know, it was not assumed as an insult or, or a negative. It was just kind of a, (laughs) just taken. But as we were out at another family event and mentioned that that was the nickname, they got totally offended. Like, how dare you call someone that or call someone like that? And it was kind of just, family dynamics and family rules and those perceptions were quite different just shifting (laughs) even within the same relative group you know to a different family system right you're also going to get gender differences generally speaking women do a great job of taking things and personalizing it i mean (laughs) we we should win a trophy in that do you agree I, I can support that. Okay. And I, hey, I'm female. I own it. So we have this thing. And sometimes that you can say something that a man will just shrug it off. But to a female, it's very much, well, it's hurtful because of A, B, C, D, and E, whether it's like, am I not good enough? Am I not this enough? Am I not that enough? And we really take it on. So things that may not bother men can really be bothersome to females. And yeah, I guess whether this is actual personal comment or it was just a statement that could be viewed as disrespectful because they're expressing their perceptions, their views or whatever like that. So it's, again, I, I want the details and that's going to be probably an ongoing theme as I go throughout all the stuff. The, the magic is in the details because things can be so close, so subtle, but it, it may not fulfill that requirement because someone's making assumptions. That's right. And we can, I mean, perception is big. And if she's being told all the time that she's being oversensitive, that also doesn't feel really good. That's right. She's not going <laughs> to approve that one. <laughs> 
right? It's kind of like, just deal with it. Suck it up. Stop being oversensitive, which makes sometimes makes you feel worse. Like what's wrong with me? Why is this bothering me? Should it be bothering me? So that, that can also be something that can be difficult in this. Yeah. Cause there could be something in her background that is triggering some of this and it might not be about mom or for the family, or like it could be the family making really inappropriate statements. And just like I said, in their view, it wasn't, but from a norm, social norm, it is totally inappropriate to say that in, in public. Absolutely. Ultimately, I want to go look at intent. Like what yes. is the intent of that person so that we can get a good understanding of where they're, where they're aiming it at rather Absolutely. than making that assumption. Right. But if we were like, if we're going to answer the question of how can I make this wife feel like I'm on her side from a male perspective, how would you talk to that person? Well, I can say is, I mean, I, I see your perspective. I want to validate their perspective. I might want to ask them more questions, but again, you know, I'm, I might not be on her side if, if it is really, if it's really skewed, right. I can still be on the side on the relationship. I want to have my own opinion. I, I want to explain kind of maybe my perception of that, validate their feelings, but then I want to explore the, the nitty gritties and the actual what's going on. So again, I, I can still be on your side for the feelings. I can understand how it might hurt. I, I, I might have a different lens. I might support it once I get an understanding of what, what that might mean. If, you're, if you haven't had a lot of experience outside of your family system from a, a cultural norm, let's say. No, Absolutely. And like you said, when that, you know, if it is intentful to make her feel bad, that's, you know, women typically want to feel safe, supported by their significant other. So how, what can the male do to support that yet, you know, not completely. It's yeah. like, I, like you said, it's a fine line to walk. Right. If someone's at a family saying, oh, why are you being such a dumbass?" You know, it could be, yeah, that's insulting. It could mean, you know, that's just a, a normal within our system still might not be appropriate even though you're saying it to the other family members. So that would be something that you could say and it'd be impactful, right? You, I mean, that's a condescending statement, even though the intent might not be to be condescending, it's more like a, so it's just, again, understanding intent and the language and all those little factors. Agreed. A lot of, lot of information needed on that one for sure. So that's actually all the questions we have on this topic, which seems unusual because we usually have a bunch. Uh, so here's something. What about, Corey, if you told us some stories about some former clients, like, or personal experience, specifically with the cutesy names? Well, I was, I was kind of mentioning, yeah, a little bit about my, my family right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I have, like, I have clients where, you know, they, they playfully call each other, <laughs> I would say, socially inappropriate names, like, this is dumbass, and this is so-and-so, and so they kind of smile as it's almost their badge of honor because that's their family, you know, cultural lens. And they've accepted it because it's kind of done with, I'll call it a playful love versus kind of a hurtful intent. Again, my, my whole family norms are kind of growing up. We're kind of, like I said, interesting, you know, and even from a cultural perspective, you know, you can have both culture in Ukrainian, because my last, you know, I'm from you know, Ukrainian heritage, you know, you could call someone what's called an empty pot. And what does that really mean? Well, that means you don't have anything in your head, but it's, it's, it's kind of, sometimes it's done playfully. Sometimes it's done, you know, with intent. Uh, and so it's, it's almost, you have to look at context, even using the same word, because people just laugh versus, you know, how you take it personally when you li listen, literally listen to the literal meaning of it. 
but I think also like age cohorts are going to have differing standards. You yes. know, what was acceptable 50 years ago, <laughs> and I've learned that from even my own family, yes. you know, what was stated or even, oh, I can, there's so many things. <laughs> Like there are so many things, na names of pets that we had that were like, you know, that, that would be just totally inappropriate now. But back then it was, and I was also quite naive as a kid. So I was just, that's just the name. You just kind of say it. It's like, no, no, you don't, because that means something very different, <laughs> um, you know, but it's kind of what is now it's just inappropriate and bad taste right now. And again, even playfully looking at other behaviors, I call it like playfully spanking in public versus spanking in private, that might be acceptable in public or, or more like in private, sorry. <laughs> it might be acceptable in public depending on what the, what the person's consenting to, right? Some people might say, I love it when you do that in public or, you know, versus, you know, this is only allowed in the bedroom or at home within, you know, the, the doors, right? Have you watched an NFL game lately? <laughs> happens all the time so it really depends on what the intent is and the context and the acceptable and the consent and all these factors that you yeah. want to play and make so make no assumptions that just because something's happening that it's inappropriate but you want to make sure those components i think there was even culturally or you know gender stuff there was i was watching someone where she came up and it was a movie star dynamics. There's a few, I don't remember the exact names of the movie stars, but you know, grabbing his butt was acceptable. Grabbing her butt was totally not. Or I think someone came up and actually grabbed his crotch because she said, I have this urge. And he said, go ahead. So she did it and he was okay with it in public, which would be totally inappropriate without that consent. But sometimes there was the urge and they just did it. And it's kind of viewed as playful, but it was not consented to. And it still meets that requirement or fulfilling, you know, of sexual assault, tactically, even though, you yep. know, it might have not felt that far, but it was a breach of breach of boundaries, breach of trust or breach of kind of social appropriateness. 100%. And I think language falls into this category as well, because I would remember, you know, what my great uncle would, would say, and I would just look at him and go, Oh, my gosh, that's just it's cringeworthy language, but that was appropriate back in the 40s or it was not even if it wasn't appropriate it was accepted accepted that's a better word yes but now it's just like no 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 we don't use that type of language so <laughs> language evolves and language changes and you know what was accepted way back when is not necessarily acceptable now and that can be it can really do harm to others it can hurt others feelings it can um it can it, it separates people. And so that's something that really needs to be taken into account too, because again, looking at intent, that can be harmful or hurtful. And I think relating to parents and partners, like I said, if we, if we go back 50 years, I mean, you come from a rural agrarian family system, you know, 16 year olds could be married off to 40 year olds. I think my family, the age difference between my, on my paternal side, my grandfather and the, you know, married a sibling was there could have been a 30 year gap given the circumstance and it was acceptable and then start, you know, cranking out kids. And in my family, they had like 17 kids total between, you know, two, two, two parents in terms of that over that period of time. Well, but times change. That's what happened when you were on the farm a lot of the time back in those days. So it, it just because it was acceptable and it, that's what worked then, it doesn't necessarily mean that is within the norms of acceptability <laughs> or what right. is working yep. now. So if we look at, if we look back about everything that like points that would Take really away. stand out for you. Takeaways, there's the word I'm looking for. What would you say those were? 
I, I think the first takeaway would really get a good understanding of kind of what's going on regarding either the other perception, you know, the, the circumstances where they're coming from for making their opinion, be it, you know, an adult, be it a parent. What are the parents' views for these kind of dynamics? Is it because of an age cohort? Is it because something actually is inappropriate, even though you think it's just fine? Ask those questions, get the information, watch for power dynamics or abuse potential, understand the cultural gender. Like these are all different factors that all will play into it just to be aware and well-informed. Some things may be a problem. Some things may not be a problem, even though, you know, outside of that system, they would be a problem. Oh, absolutely. And I just think too, when it comes to age and parents aren't agreeing with age, sometimes we need to at least take the parents' information into consideration. A lot of people, and I was one of those people, man, when I was 18, 19, 20, my mom knew nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got a little bit older and she amazingly just got really smart and she knew everything. So sometimes, even though we don't want to, because it, you know, we think we know everything and I'll just say that for myself. It's, it's good to listen to a parent's point of view. They do have a lot of experience behind them, a lot of life experience, and just to take their point of view into consideration. It doesn't need to be your point of view, but at, at least just to listen and help question. you well-informed to help you make the best decisions going in relationships possible. Absolutely. Good. Any other takeaways that you've got? No, those are the main ones. I like it. Always a pleasure. Awesome. I guess that's another wrap and uh, hope you guys enjoy today's presentation and audience. And again, if you have any good jokes or any things you want to share or even new questions, send them on our way. Please send them in. We, we look forward to hearing from you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.